Hello, and welcome back to the Black Bipolar Activist. This is Lucy coming at you fast. We're going to talk about COVID a little um, and how it's affecting the black community. Uh, there was a CNN article talking about the two, two big disasters, and that would be Hurricane Katrina and COVID-19. And what's going on with both of those? Um, it seems that a lot of black people are being forgotten about. And we're with the same situation where we're with a president who is not all that concerned about how uh, black people are being affected by COVID, just like Bush was not all that affected by people who were flooded out in Katrina from when the levees broke. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what's going on and how it's going on and why it's going on. Um, so we have only just begun um, taking in data for who's getting COVID based on uh, racial economic, um, racial and economic factors. Um, the CDC reports that of the 15 hospitalizations across just 14 states, currently there's 29 states that are doing um, COVID infections by categories, but 14 states are the ones doing it with a category of race. And of the 15 hospitalizations across those 14 states, a third of those hospitalizations were black people, despite being only 18% of the population in those areas. So we're talking about New York, of course, Michigan, uh, Illinois, Louisiana, uh, states where there's a lot of black residents. And um, we're talking about uh, uh, how it's affecting them in ways and how black people are dying at a disproportionate rate than white people. Um, the Associated Press reports that black people account for 42% of victims, doubling their share of the populations in their state. So, for example, Louisiana has had 70% more deaths, and they've been black, and that's twice the state's population of black people. So there's been 70% of deaths of black people in um, Louisiana, but, uh, I mean, there, there's been 42% of victims in, um, that are dying, yet they're only about 15, 20% of the population in those states. Sorry, I got that mixed up. And uh, Louisiana is one of the highest rates. Uh, there's been more than 70% of deaths <clears throat> in, um, in Louisiana in the black community, twice the state's um, population. So about 35% of the, about 70% of the 35% of black people are dying. 60% of that is in New Orleans alone, 
which also likens back to Katrina, what are we doing to help with this? We have, a, we have areas of poverty. Um, we have areas of um, uh, areas where there are not a lot of resources. Um, a lot of like black hospitals are not getting the supplies that they need. Uh, there's a lack of workers in some of these areas. Uh, we have um, pre-existing conditions like diabetes, asthma, hypertension, uh, other kind of heart disease. Um, and we are, um, we are having, we have, we're having a problem finding why we're having these deaths. I, I, I have a few um, reasons, but I think one big reason that everybody can agree on is poverty um, and not having access to health care. Uh, Trump tried to, I think he did a little, but he rolled back a lot of the terms in the Affordable Care Act, or Obamacare, as some people call it. And Obamacare by no means was, was by no means perfect. It still had a lot of problems. And it was still expensive for a lot of people. However, it did allow people who did not have health insurance to get health insurance in a reasonable way. Um, and taking back those uh, taking back those conditions of Affordable Care Act is um, is really detrimental, especially at this time where we're having this pandemic of sickness. Um, and a lot of the areas that are really being affected, like Chicago, Detroit, New Orleans, have strong black populations, but also strong areas of, um, of income inequality, um, a lot of bad, um, bad pre-existing conditions. And it all, it, it makes you wonder why uh, we're dying at, um, at this rate. And I know that getting hit with a pre-existing con um, condition is, is bad. I currently have asthma. I've always had asthma. Uh, and it's not because I'm obese or smoke or anything like that. I've just... I was born with asthma. A lot of black people are born with asthma, so there's no excuse to say, oh, well, black people have asthma, that's why they're getting sick. No, a lot of black people are born with asthma, and you can't say it's because of obesity or lack of exercise or anything, because you're born with it. Um, and um, where was I going with that? Oh, right, so sheltering those people who have these pre-existing um, conditions is hard because many of these people who 
who have these pre-existing conditions don't have income, and so they have to work. A lot of people work at um, these non-essential business. Well, the essential business. Sorry, they are essential, like grocery stores, um, Walmart, Target, um, and like stores like that. Um, and they're still being exposed because uh, they have to work. I mean, they already don't have a suitable income. And to tell them to stay at home and not get the little bit of income that they have is detrimental because who's going to pay their bills? Um, it's already hard enough paying bills. Uh, with the job and no pandemic, it's going to be hella hard to do it with a pandemic. Um, I know of, I don't know them personally, but here in Kansas City, we've had a few people, well, more than a few, but we've had people um, get sick um, from just doing essential jobs. Um, we had a bus driver who got diagnosed with covid uh, we've had some grocery store workers who have been um, grocery stores who have been affected by COVID, and these are jobs that people need to pay bills. It's a hard time right now economically. Um, I'm currently blessed to be able to still work from home. A lot of people in lower income jobs don't have that opportunity. Um, and in the low-income bracket are just filing for unemployment, which can take a while to get. Um, and we are at a point where we're really starting to see the disparities in, um, in treatment. Another thing that a lot of that people are trying to explain off instead of racism, on why black people are um, are getting sicker than white people. And one of the explanations is, well, black people didn't take this disease seriously, this virus seriously. They thought black people were exempt from that, which is a lie um, because a recent study showed that 40, 46% were 40% of black people were more likely to be concerned about their health opposed to 21% of white people. Um, and that's a pretty good amount uh, considering we're only about 19, 20% of the population. About half of us were very likely to be except, um, concerned about our health. Another 20% or so are were kind of um, kind of concerned. So on the whole, more black people care about being infected than white people, uh, which is re which really busts up that narrative that black people think they can't get it because a lot like more than half are really concerned about getting it, um, and a lot of. Black people are social distancing. I know one big argument was, I think there's been a few instances where you see black people doing cookouts outside, 
um, still playing basketball. And so they're like, oh, black people as a whole are not taking this seriously. Um, black people as a whole are, um, are refusing to social distance. When in actuality, one black person does not negate the, um, does not, one black person does not determine the actions of every black person. And I think we have that a lot in this country where black people are carrying the race on their back in that um, they are charged with answering for everybody when you're just an individual person. Let's say that 5% of this, I'm making up these numbers. Let's say 5% of the black population is not social distancing. People who don't want to admit that race is becoming a factor in the codemic, in the COVID um, pandemic would say, well, those 5% of people, and make it seem like it's the whole thing, but those 5% percent of people are the reason this is happening. Um, and I, I, I bet if we were to reverse this, white people would call racism quick. Oh, just because a couple hundred of us are not taking this seriously, then all of us aren't. That's not fair. That's racist. You know, white people are quick, are quicker to yell racism than black people are. I, I just wanted to add that. White people are quicker to yell racism than black people are. And black people are more justified in saying it. Um, I, I kind of think black people are more justified in saying it, but we don't say it as often. Usually we say it when um, it's a severe case, like Eric Gardner or... Um, uh, Jordan, not Jordan Fisher. Jordan Fisher is a singer. Um, oh, I just blanked on his name, but he was in Florida. Um, and he was shot um, by a man for reportedly playing loud music. Anyway, um, so not only is it unfair to limit to to put on the label of black people are not taking it seriously on black people but it's also dangerous because now you're spreading misinformation everywhere and uh you're also being detrimental in these people getting help because they're like oh black people don't care so why should we help them uh, when black people do care an extraordinarily big amount. Um, but now, we, we've been talking about, um, like, health, like hypertension, diabetes, asthma, all of that. Uh, but we're not talking about another uh, disease, HIV. So blacks make up 13% of the population yet they accounted for 42% of new HIV cases in 2018. The HIV crisis since the 80s uh, is when it really like kicked off and like when people were noticing 
about it. Um, HIV is a major, major um, STD. Uh, it's very deadly. Um, it's mostly non-treatable. Uh, once you have it, you have it. Um, lifespans have been um, lifespans have been lengthened due to new advances in science and medicine, but it's still deadly. And the thing about HIV is you can have a lower immune system. And having COVID and HIV happening in both alarming rates in the black community is also like a double-edged sword in trying to get people well. Um, HIV is not the gay disease as it used to be known as in the 80s. Um, I think that's also why it was passed along so quickly because people were like, oh, only gay people get HIV. Um, I believe it was in the 90s when they started screening people um, f f who were giving blood from, um, wait, they were screening people on who could give blood. And I think they started that in the 90s. Uh, as far as I know, there's still a restriction on gay people donating blood, um, even those who are not HIV positive. Although I don't think you can give blood at all if you're HIV positive, but you, if you're gay, you definitely cannot donate blood if you're, um, even if you don't have HIV, which I think is a terrible thing. Um, it's easy to test who has HIV. It's a simple blood test. Once you come back, say, I'm clean, you should be able to donate blood. We have a blood shortage in this country, and we need people to give blood, uh, point blank. Um, but anyway, so 42% of new HIV cases in 2018, I don't have any recent data, but that's still a high amount. If, we, if there are no more cases new in 2019 and 2020, we still have 42% of black people who make up 13% of the entire, um, the entire population of the country, 42%. And then when you couple that with people like one third of hospitalizations, despite being only 18% of the population in poorer areas, 42% um, of victims in certain, of in certain states, their their populations are like 20%. Um, Louisiana, definitely, 70% of deaths have been black, and that's more than twice their, the black um, population in the state, uh, and part of that 70%, 60% being in New Orleans. So we have a point where we're at, not where we have a point, we're at a point where black people are crying out saying we need help and white people are saying no thank you um and i don't want to anybody to be like well all lives matter because obviously they don't black lives matter uh and it's not just with police brutality uh, although that has been a major talking point in the last 
about 10 years, I want to say. Um, but it's a big deal, um, period, in all instances. And black people matter in incomes, black people matter in um, health, uh, black people matter in just existing. And I think when people say all lives matter, they either feel guilty that black lives aren't being treated the same or they are so used to being the center of attention that they can't stand to be excluded. And this is an instance where white people actually are being excluded and black people are saying, we need your help. And white people are saying, no, it's your fault you have heart disease. It's your fault you're obese. It's your fault you have asthma. When many of these things, like underlying issues, have to do with black inequality. Um, white people, I mean, sorry, black people have less access to health care. They have less access to fresh fruits, fresh fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, they are less likely to get um, exercise due to a variety of issues. Um, so a lot of white people want to say, "Well, black people are contributing to them not being well." When you don't take into account the racial inequality on why we're not. Um, and so there's a difference between white poverty and black poverty. And uh, white, white people, are, I'm not saying white people aren't dying, but white people have more access to health care than black people do in the community. And not only that, but black people, black women especially, are not believed in the healthcare community. Uh, I know that this has nothing to do with COVID, but uh, when Serena had her daughter, um, she she knew herself that she has blood clots, and she told her doctor, and the doctor was pretty blasé about it. And was like, "Yeah, okay, whatever. You have blood clots," and she's like, "No, this is a serious issue." And while she was in the hospital. Uh, I believe it was right after she had her daughter, she started feeling pressure on her chest and couldn't breathe. And she was telling them, yo, it's this blood clot. We need to handle it. And Serena almost lost her life because they didn't want to believe that she knew her body and that she could, quote unquote, diagnose herself when she knew she had the problem. And black people are just not especially black women, they're just not believed when they say they have an issue. I can't tell you how many, how many stories I've heard of black people dying in the emergency room and just the waiting area because the severity of what they're complaining about is not being taken seriously. Uh, that and the lack of resources in hospitals uh, make it less likely for people to be seen in a timely manner. I've noticed that hospitals that have a lot of money don't have this problem. It's poor hospitals who have little resources uh, and it's, these poor hospitals are a lot of hospitals are most likely the hospitals that low-income black people are going to. Um, and so we 
we have a problem. Um, I don't know exactly how far this is going to go. It's already pretty deadly. Um, I'm wondering how long it's going to take for um, for there to for there for there to be a turn for turning the corner in um, in black cases. Um, I know our Surgeon General is black, I think, and he's talked about having hypertension and um, pre-diabetes, and he's the Surgeon General, so he's one. Of, he's like statistically one of the um, biggest, the biggest voices on what's healthy and what's not. And if he has these problems, and he's the Surgeon General, he's basically quote unquote healthy. And he's saying we have uh, is we have a big disparity in white deaths and black deaths in this COVID pandemic. Then he's really saying something because um, he's in a he's in a state of authority, and we have to we have to take serious. It's time for us to um, it's time for us to take our black brothers and sisters' thoughts into account and start to really and start to really answer this crying out from black people. Um, I, uh, I guess that's it for me. Um, so anyway, thank you for listening and, uh, hopefully we get a hold of this. Stay safe, stay indoors if you can. Um, be, be a part of the solution, not the problem. Um, my heart goes out to all the people who work in essential um, essential jobs like grocery stores, paramedics, hospital workers, um, all of that. Um, I'm praying for your safety as well. Uh, thank you for being on the front lines and taking care of the people who are sick. Um, hopefully we come out of this a better nation, a more unified nation. Uh, but the way that the numbers are looking now, I don't think that we will. So uh, that's it for me. And uh, I'll catch you guys another time. This is the Black Bipolar Activist, and we are going out.